Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it with you all. This is a short episode today and something slightly different, being about a mythological woman and the symbolism of her. Warning, there is some mention of sexual assault in this episode. Let me know what you think and if I should do more like this. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and email at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. A head covered in snakes and eyes that can turn you to stone and exiled to an island. Medusa is a well-known Greek myth. There are several versions of her story, though. It had been around for centuries, even before the end of the ancient Greek culture, possibly originating as early as 6000 BCE. But the Romans, who adapted a lot of Greek gods and mythology to their society, also told her story, adding and changing the details. One version of the Greek myth, Medusa was a Gorgon, one of the three born to the primordial sea gods Phorcos and Cato, or was the offspring of the elder Gorgon, whose details also vary, and was either the father of all Gorgons, or Gorgo, the daughter of the god Helios. But, unlike her sisters, Thethno and Eryli, Medusa was mortal. All three sisters had snakes for hair, wings, sharp teeth, and a protruding tongue, were bearded, and of course could turn a man to stone with just a glance. Over time, everything but the snake hair and the stony stare disappeared, and Medusa is sometimes shown as a beautiful woman. Many come to her island to try to kill her and claim her head, but ultimately failed when they look at her and she had a stone garden full of those would-be heroes until Perseus shows up. The Roman poet Ovid changed her origin story to a more widely known one today, dramatizing it. According to him, she was originally a human, a beautiful woman with golden curls who was a priestess in Athena's temple. Both men and gods sought after her, but being a temple priestess for the virgin war god Athena meant a life of celibacy, and she could never marry. Poseidon was one of those that sought after her, and when she turned him away, he persisted, and she ran into one of Athena's temples. Poseidon followed her and sexually assaulted her there. Athena was angry that her temple had been defiled, and as punishment, turned Medusa into an ugly creature and exiled her, forced to live the rest of her life completely alone. Another version that makes sense of Athena's actions as punishment would be that Medusa had an affair with Poseidon for her own gain, breaking the vows to Athena, and for that was punished. In Ovid's writings, he tended to show the Greek gods negatively. In his version, the Greeks, who saw Athena as the most rational of all the gods, would see Athena turning Medusa into this creature as an act of mercy, meant to protect her from any more assaults from men. Athena couldn't punish Poseidon for his actions, but she could make sure that Medusa was safe even if she couldn't watch over her all the time. Medusa's appearance and ability to turn men to stone meant none could get close enough to hurt her again. No matter her origin story, she ends up on an island, and eventually Perseus is sent by a king to collect her head and is aided by the gods. He uses Athena's polished shield to see her reflection to avoid looking directly at her and beheaded while she slept. From her neck sprang the winged horse Pegasus and the giant Cryosaur. Her Gorgon sisters chased after Perseus, but he had Hermes' winged sandals and Hades' helm of invisibility and escaped. He then carried her head in a special sack meant to contain its power and used it to turn his enemies into stone, eventually using it to defeat the Kraken and save the princess Andromeda, then using it on the king that sent him after Medusa to save his mother from being forced to marry the king. After his adventures, he gave it to Athena and she put Medusa's head on her aegis, which is either divine shield or armor, depending on the translation. 
the face of Medusa shows up quite a bit in Greek art and architecture. It's different from usual faces, though, since most of the time figures never face directly out. But with Medusa, she's shown straight on, staring at the viewer no matter what medium it is. It adds to the otherness of her, as she doesn't quite fit in with humankind anymore. No matter how feminine her looks became over time, she always had snakes for hair, or wings, or scales, something to make her stand out as monstrous. Her face shows up from vase paintings to metalwork to stonework in a building's architecture. Her appearance changes quite a bit over the centuries, but the frontal view never does, making her easily recognizable. She also shows up on jewelry, pendants, and even soldiers' armor, as it was seen as a symbol to protect you from your enemies. Her face was even painted on the front of women's shelters, a sign that they were safe there, and she was the protector of oracles. Her face continued to show up in art all the way through today and is now a part of the Versace logo and is a part of the flag of Sicily. She also shows up in books, movies, and video games. Today's society interprets her story in new ways, too, applying our own cultural values to the story, and Medusa has become a symbol of rage for feminism, providing lessons within her story. The first is the silencing of powerful women. Whether you see it as cursed or blessed, Medusa was given power by Athena, and although she never actively hurt anyone, many showed up on the island she lived on with the intent to kill her because she was seen as a monster. Today, political satire even puts Medusa's snake hair and ability to turn men to stone on women politicians to show them as evil, and has been used against Hillary Clinton and Angela Merkel. The second is a comment on rape culture and victim blaming, with her being punished for Poseidon's actions, and the fact that she is turned from a beautiful maiden into something hideous has been seen by some as a representation of victims becoming vilified or ostracized and being marked as damaged in some cultures. She is also an archetypal femme fatale, being seen as both beautiful and dangerous, with looks that literally kill. Her dual monstrosity and beauty is part of what makes her so fascinating, as is her loss of innocence and subsequent transformation into a monster of anger and rage. Her story is still relevant and relatable to society several millennia later. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session.